Welcome to AdvisorTech Unplugged, the monthly podcast brought to you by MoneyInfo, the client portal and mobile app supplier for financial advisors and wealth managers. This podcast is designed to help address the challenges of the 21st century advisor. Each month, we invite a special guest to talk to us about current topics affecting their area of expertise in the advisor tech space. If you have any suggestions for future episodes or general feedback, get in touch with us by email at support at moneyinfo.com or tweet us at moneyinfotech. So hello, everybody, and welcome to Advisor Tech Unplugged. My name is Tess Lee. I'm Managing Director of Money Info, and today I am delighted to be joined by Abby Knight. Abby is passionate about all things marketing and digital and financial services, and she spent the last two decades working in all aspects of marketing, digital propositions, distribution, PR, and communications. Um, she's worked in different markets, Australia, the UK, US, Canada, and South Africa, so she brings quite a unique insight and perspective on things and today she's a consultant, a commentator and a keynote speaker working with financial planners, advisors, boutique wealth managers, asset managers and fintechs. Hello Abby and welcome, it's lovely to see you, how are you? Hi there, I'm well, lovely to see you too and thanks for having me. You're very welcome, you're very welcome indeed. So um, I guess first question, what, what sort of things have you been working on over the last 12 months, what's the main thing you've been working on during, during lockdown? Yes, I've been working on quite a few things. I've had quite an interesting pandemic experience, like everyone, but, you know, um, the challenges of working and homeschooling and the PTSD that has followed that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, but um, from a work perspective, early on, I was doing a lot of projects for advisors that realized that their tech stack just wasn't up to date Mm -hmm. and that they need, they had a lot of manual workarounds and a lot of processes and procedures that needed looking at. So that was kind of the first part of the pandemic for me. But now as we come out the other end, what a lot of advisors and wealth managers have been asking for is how can they establish a really good content strategy that's going to drive new business and keep their current clients engaged Mm -hmm. because what they realized is that without that they're not going to be able to grow their businesses especially as people are bombarded every day with different types of content how can they make their proposition stand out from the crowd keep their clients engaged and actually start to win new business from other clients that are unknown to them today. That's really interesting. And did you and did you find as a result of what was going on with lockdown and the pandemic? Obviously, you you mentioned that their tech stacks were out of date. They needed to do stuff on on technology. Where did you find that was happening? And and has that accelerated through through the pandemic? Has it caused them to accelerate that change? And also on the content marketing side to realize they need to get out there and make their presence more known? Yeah, absolutely. So on the technology side, what I've seen, which has been a big sea change is technology adoption across the world um, went up exponentially. So typically, um, I think that the pipeline to get um, tech developments um, delivered um, was much longer. And often you had businesses saying, well, I don't really need that because my clients are not going to interact with me in that Mm. way. So years ago, I was doing um, like creating strategies with advisors and helping them to have video conferencing back then it was on Skype. Now it's all on Zoom. Um, And clients were engaging with that because it actually worked for them because it meant they didn't have to travel. um, And it was a very efficient way of doing things. Those advisors that previously said that wasn't going to happen, as we know now, realize that it has happened and yep. it's very important to have a digital presence in that 
presence in that regard. But also those that were saying, well, you know, we're going fine with our current technology. They've realized actually it wasn't up to scratch for them. And I've seen a big move towards planners actually now going out and not only um, adopting tools like yours for their clients and having great client portals, but also um, building their own platforms. So that's not something that I'd seen oh, before. Yeah. I've been having discussions with advisors around it, but now they're realizing that actually it's quite doable and then they're in control of their own destiny um, by having that tech themselves. So is so, this um, with, like, with technology like Seckle and, yeah, that exactly, they're doing their own? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's been an acceleration, but then also they've realised that a lot of the um, a lot of the communications that they were sending out um, weren't very efficient. Nothing was automated. A lot of it there, there was a lot of you know printing going on and you know paper based um, communications. Now they're realising well they need to do it digitally, and so they're doing that and um, seeing great success as a result. And are they is the appetite for that around content for existing clients or is it? Is it content to sort of generate new business and attract new clients or attract the next generation? What's the sort of trend that you're seeing in the content they're wanting to put out there? Well, it's both what they've realized and what I always say is you have to tidy up what you're doing first with your own clients. Um, yeah. Because as we know, about 89% of new business will come through referrals. Um, and so you need to keep your current clients engaged. So that's really key. So we normally start there and figure out really what is the value proposition for the firm? What should they be articulating? What do their clients want to hear? How frequently? And actually we do a whole lot of research to really figure out what that is. But now I think as we come out the other side, a lot of advisors saying, well, now it's time to generate new business. So I'm going to go out to unknown clients and figure out a way to attract their attention. And the best way to do that is through content, making sure that it's compelling and it's interesting and it's differentiated so that then they can start to build a tribe and a community of people that will um, want to engage with them when they're ready. Brilliant. And what what sort of thing do you recommend then in kind of building that content strategy? How do you, because there are a lot of advice firms and planners out there, how do they differentiate? What, what's the key to differentiating themselves? Because it's not just about maybe different services. It, it, is it about putting more personality into the marketing? What What is it that can really make you stand out as a planner or an advisor? Yeah, it's really about um, differentiation through doing things differently. People don't care about the services you deliver. They uh, they deliver they really want to see the outcomes that you're going to deliver. Yeah. And lifestyle based content really works. Um, we ran some. Um, a content strategy for advisor um, over lockdown, which was really about what, what are you going to achieve during lockdown? And all of the staff got involved and said what their goal for lockdown was and what they were going to achieve. Clients got involved and were sending photos of their garden you know, project that they were doing or losing five kilos or whatever it was. And they created a whole load of content around that because it helped their um, clients and their team to feel really connected during yeah. that really crazy time that we had. Um, another one that I've had is um, one of our clients realizes that they um, their clients love to travel. And like, even though you can't travel during a pandemic, what they decided to do is talk about get their clients um, to capture, you know, their best travel memories and share those. And so that's actually quite different, but it created yeah. quite a community of everyone sharing ideas. And that more comes down to, well, with a great financial plan, you then will have the means to be able to travel and do all these wonderful things and have these experiences. So it does link in. Um, but it's not talking about financial services. It's talking about the outcomes. That's really interesting because what you're saying is it's not necessarily about selling your services. It's about finding an angle that makes you interesting, shows the culture of the business that you have, a bit of personality and the outcomes that somebody can achieve. That's 
an innovative yeah. way of doing it it's not what you see that often in our market is it you know exactly you and that's see... what I'm trying to encourage people to do yeah yeah you tend to see more direct broadcasting about our services and this is what we can do this is what we do rather than this is what you will achieve um, which I guess exactly right yeah that's really exactly interesting. right and so what, what you will have to start with as well is you have to know, well, what is my unique value proposition? You know, what is it that people are coming to me for? And of course it is your services, but it's really what they're going to achieve by your services. But then additionally, it's, well, who are my buyer personas and what are they most interested in? Um, so a, another campaign that we did was around wellness. And we had some wellness gurus coming on talking about what is wealth without health. Yeah. Um, which I know that that's quite key. And a lot of firms have started to do that and they're really thinking about it. But having strategic partnerships with people that are holistically helping a client in their life, I think we're going to see a lot more of. And I think that that's what that's what clients are looking for. I think you're right. I think as a buyer, when I'm out there looking, I, I want to. I want to feel comfortable with who I'm going to be working with and, and I want to understand the, the kind of person that I am. It is all about the personalities, isn't it? And the conversation financial advice. That's what we're paying for. We're not paying for the, well, we are paying for the investments and the pension, but what we're actually paying for is that comfort, that peace of mind and the trust in somebody. And I suppose all of these things help to build up that trust because you, as a buyer, start to understand who it is that you're dealing with. And it's not just about you need your investment sorting out. It's about you know, really trusting and knowing that individual that's going to be helping you. Exactly. And that's what a content strategy does. It goes through the process of know, like, and trust, but we're doing that digitally now and automating a lot of it so that they basically, the um, prospect gets taken on a journey and gets nurtured throughout that journey and does get to know your personality purely because you're putting the personality out there through your content. And it doesn't need to be video. It can be written, but having your own style and tone of voice, that really helps because we do work with people that we enjoy working with. That's why we select them because we think that they going to be great for us because we our personalities click yeah. and you can get that through with great content and is there a balance between the types of, I mean you've mentioned written and video and we're doing a podcast obviously there's lots of different types of content you can do now and there's lots of different mechanisms for getting your content out there and there are different views on frequency of content and all that what, what's your sort of advice around that what do you think works is there a balance is there a, a sweet spot for financial planners and advisors that that works out there Yes. Yeah, so one thing that I find is that financial planners and advisors are really reticent to over communicate with their clients. Yeah. So they tend to they tend to sit back and, and not put as much out there as I think they should. And additionally, once they do publish something, they don't then repost it. They tend to just say, oh, well, it's already out in the world. But as you know, like a tweet has a life cycle of, a, of you know, just minutes. Um, and, you know, in LinkedIn as well, it's the same thing because people are constantly having this stream of content coming at them. Um, it doesn't matter if you post things two or three times and change up the headline or change up um, what you're actually saying. Where people get into trouble is if they go out with a big bang and they say, right, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it weekly. And then they lose the momentum and then mm. they go quiet and people think, well, what, what actually happened there? Um, but So what it's about is creating a structured plan that you can stick to. And it might be in your firm, it might be every two weeks, it might be once a month, but whatever it is, just having that consistency and getting those value proposition messages out there um, because consistency and repetition is what's going to build your brand. Um, frequency does matter, but don't, you know, kill yourself trying to do it because yeah. it's so more find important something that, that works. you've got it over the long term. 
yeah, find something that works for you, for the size of business you are and the resource you have and stick to it. So prioritize it like you would anything else. Um, and that's the difficulty, isn't it? I guess a lot of people get caught up in the, the day job and don't consider that kind of stuff part of the day job, but they should prioritize it along with everything else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that your point on reusing content is really important as well, because I know in, in marketing you say, you know, if you're clever with the content you produce, it's evergreen, isn't it? And you can keep, you can reuse it and reuse it and reuse it in different ways. And and that's what's really nice. Something like this podcast is evergreen because it's going to be relevant for a long, long time. So we can, you know, promote it and use it in lots of different ways. Exactly. And when you're thinking about your content strategy, that's what you should be um, really considering is, okay, so what are the 10 most you know, 10 questions that are most asked of me and my team. What are the 10 things? Well, first of all, start with the one, the most pressing priority for all of your clients. So just say you've got business owner clients and they come to you, their trigger event is getting up to the sale of that business. Then your main evergreen piece of content should be um, a handy guide to maximizing the sale price of your business, for example. So that drives people in, they sign up for that, then they go into your content strategy and they'll be getting regular content from you on an automated basis as and when it goes out. But then what you have to think is, well, what are the other questions that people are asking? And those become things like your blog posts or other guides that you then start to put out, but put them out in different ways. So create, if you've got stats that you can use, create an infographic, you can do that very easily using free software. Um, What could you turn into a video? Could you interview someone that's a, a specialist in a certain area? And just really think about, well, what are the questions they need answered? And then who can best help me to answer those questions in a way that's easy for the client to consume? brilliant brilliant and what you know if they if they focus on this if they put this contact strategy together they implement it you know they do all the things that you're suggesting what can they expect from like what what what, how much of a difference do you see that it makes yeah so um I've had a number of clients that have started this and they really felt like at the beginning we're doing all of this and and are we going to see a result and what I say is if you build it, people will come. If you're mm-hmm. using content that people really want to know and get a handle on, especially educational content, you're going to see your level of engagement grow through time. One of our clients was lucky to get 100 people sign up for their webinars. Now they're getting about 7,500 views on those same wow. webinars because they've nailed their content, they're answering questions that people want to know. When it comes to doing highly technical, like investment-focused content, we're finding we're getting very little traction with that. But when we're talking about achieving goals and how you get there, and these are the five things you should be considering right now in order to get your finances on track, um, things like that tend to go down really well. And the engagement just drives. So you start to get momentum behind it. If it's shareable, especially video, you'll start to see lots of people sharing and commenting. And then that's when you start to really build the momentum behind the strategy. And you'll start seeing new clients come to you as a result or new inquiries anyway, not necessarily clients, but if you've got your targeting right, they will turn into clients because they know you're right for them. So it is a long game really, isn't it? You need to persevere with it. You need to keep building that audience and resharing. And, and, and as you say, they'll, they'll come and they'll start subscribing and you'll, before you know it, you've got 7,000 followers on Twitter or what, what have you. I haven't got 7,000 followers on Twitter. Oh, I, I don't know. But... <laughs> but never mind. Never mind. Never mind. But, but it's like Joe Wicks. Okay. So I use this example um, because I think it's quite relevant. I, everyone was exercising with Joe Wicks, especially if you have young children. So during lockdown, everyone was exercising with Joe Wicks. He actually said on one of his videos right up front, 
do you know what? It finally happened. I was pushing out content every week, consistently, consistently, consistently. And I was lucky to get a few hundred views. Now I've got the whole world watching me and doing this with me because he created a movement. And what I'd love to see is financial advisors creating a movement around educating people in their finances, like financial fitness, almost like a fitness craze. Yeah. Um, I'd love us to start doing something like that and everyone just putting out really great content, lifestyle-based, not technical-based, no jargon, you know, just keep it really simple and help us to change people's mindsets around money. And change people's perception of the industry as well, because you're right. You know, when when you go to see a planner or an advisor, you, you don't you don't necessarily want to hear about the technical intricacies of a product that you might be investing in. What you want to know is, are you going to achieve your? And those are the conversations they have. What are your goals and aspirations? And let me show you how you can achieve the lifestyle you want. Not here's the technicalities of this investment or that investment. So, it's the same principle, isn't it? In your marketing is that's what your clients are consuming. That's what they're interested in. Um, but I love the Joe Wicks idea. We could financial, financial fitness. <laughs> we, actually, we actually had to change uh, meeting times during lockdown because people with kids wanted to do the 9am PE slot. So we were like, okay, we'll push it back till 10. <laughs> so you can get your morning PE done with the kids and uh, hopefully it'll tire them out. And then they can sit on their laptop and do a bit of schoolwork. You never know. Um, so, exactly yeah, he, right. Exactly it was brilliant. Right. But it was actually hard. I don't know if you did it with you. <laughs> you know, like, no, fortunately, I I don't I don't have children so I didn't need to do Joe Wicks PE in the morning I was you know probably out in the garden playing with the dog instead but no I heard it was quite tough actually he's um he's brilliant isn't he so he did a great job and I think you're right the whole nation the whole nation um adopted him didn't they through lockdown which is brilliant and and how you've worked across lots of different markets you know I know you've done some work in South Africa quite recently how do do we compare in the UK on this kind of stuff how do how do we differ or because everybody thinks we're a bit more reserved as as Brits we hold back a little bit more How, how do we compare with the other markets that you you work in Yeah, so I actually think that we're a lot further ahead than we think we are. So I run a regular um, knowledge series um, with Australian advisors. The Australian advisors come out here in a big group and I sit them down with some of my financial planner clients um, here in London and we share ideas, we share business ideas, we share pricing strategies, we share marketing strategies and we basically just talk about the different propositions um, and strategies in each market. And years ago, when I first started doing this, um, everyone used to say, well, the Australian market, it's so far ahead, it's so far ahead. But what we've realized over recent years, and I think it's also driven by our regulator here, um, we're actually at the forefront of financial services around the world. And my South African clients are going to be like, (gasps) as well, and Australian clients are going to be like, (gasps) as well, um, (laughs) hearing me say that. But, But it's actually true. And I think that we need to pat ourselves on the back. I think that our use of social media in our profession um, is far greater than what it is in Australia and South Africa. I think that our adoption of video content, podcasting content, I actually think we're doing incredibly well. So I think that we should be proud of that. That's brilliant. I, 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 I do look to other markets and I do see, and I've got lots of examples that I can share, but sometimes it takes me a while to find those great examples. Whereas I can get a lot from this market here because I think people are really thinking about it and wanting to do things differently. And I've, I've definitely seen that over in Twitter over the last you know few years, how that's grown and how much more interesting content there is, you know, for me, it's a great source of information about what's going on in the financial service community and, you know, what the hot topics are. It's, it's a really nice way of, of picking up the things that I want to, I want to be interested in and I want to read or, or watch. So I've certainly seen Twitter 
getting much more prevalent over the last last few years, definitely. And I encourage every financial planner and advisor to sign up to Twitter, whether they're going to um, you know, put content out there or not. But it's really great for that listening aspect and for the community, because everyone in our community online is sharing really relevant and timely information every day. Yeah. So you can certainly learn a lot by being on there. You can. And if you follow the right people as well, you're going to get the content that you know, you, you continue to get interesting content that, that, you know, if they've got a good content strategy, I'd be, of course, that they've, exactly. they've worked out and they've got some nice evergreen <laughs> content that they are retweeting. Um, so yeah. what would you, okay. So where do, where do I start then with this? If I'm, if I've, if I've got no content strategy at the moment at all, I'm a financial planner or advisor, I'm in a small boutique firm, I'm busy with the day-to-day stuff. What's the, what's the number one thing I should start with when I'm thinking about this? So the first one is do a client experience audit, because as you know, the first, as soon as someone says, uh, oh, you need to go and speak to um, this financial planner, you know, he or she is going to really help you out. The first thing that person is going to do is search for you online. So do that. Start by doing client experience audit. Find yourself online. Find any publications where you're mentioned. Um, Look at your social media and make sure that everything is up to date. So before you start building your content strategies, just make sure that every touch point, every interaction is on point and reinforcing your value proposition. Even things like your Google business page, make sure that's up to date. It has photos of your team on there. It's got photos of your office. Things like that can make a real difference in that client experience because the client experience starts before you even have your first conversation with that individual so be mindful of that because the first thing the first thing a lot of us do when we're looking for a service or a business is google isn't it we go to google now and we look we don't necessarily we don't pick up a yellow pages anymore we go on google so aligning all of that and making sure all of your sites and and things are up to date and aligned is really important Exactly. And when people think about content, they think about just things that you're pushing out, but it's not, it's all of your content and make sure it's in a consistent tone. Make sure that um, your logos are not pixelated and that they look nice. You know, make sure that it's very, very slick and that user experience um, is smooth. And then once you've got that done, that's the hygiene, then you start to think about, well, how can I be proactive about it? And that's when you start researching. That's when you start asking your clients what, you know, this is what we believe our value proposition. Is that what you get from us? Mm. Um, what do you want to hear? Do we communicate enough? Do we communicate not enough? What do you think of that 50-page report we give you every quarter? And if the client says they don't like it, they don't use it, and they don't want it, um, think about how you can change things up. Because I see a lot of advisors get stuck in a trap of producing content because they think that the clients would, and it's what they've always done. Um, but if you run a client advisory board, which I recommend everyone has, the advisory board will tell you what they use and what they don't, what they want to hear. And as long as they meet your ideal client archetype, you're going to get great ideas um, through those discussions. And then once you've done that, build your strategy. And with your strategy, what I mean is your content plan. What are you going to talk about? Think, answer those 10 questions, you know, like the 10 things that people really want to know, and then just plan it out and figure out a timing schedule that you can adhere to, figure out what resources you're going to go to, because in our market, there is so much content out there and people are happy to guest blog post for you if you need to. People are happy to be interviewed. You can speak to your providers and other partners and they'll be able to give you a whole load of content. You just have to just put your mind to it and think about those things. What I recommend is, If you can come up with 36 headline ideas and then you were to deliver on those and actually write all of those 36 items, that is three quarters of a year's worth of content 
if you're publishing weekly. Yeah. If you're publishing every second week, that's one and a half years worth of content, right? And, and, and it's not that hard. You can spend just an afternoon. Everyone's busy with their day job, but you can block out, you know, four hours in the afternoon for you all to sit around, um, you know, and chat it through and then come up with those 36 ideas and then allocate them out to your team and give everyone deadlines. And people can fit it into their day. Um, I think the easiest way to write content is as soon as you know what your topic is, you create a folder and you pop it on your desktop and you say, right, I'm going to be talking about content marketing today. So you basically pop that folder there. And then every time any article or content or thing you see online is on that subject, you pop it into the folder. And then when it comes to actually writing about it, you just open the folder and then you read all of the ideas and then you come up with your own um, slant on it. And then you write it and, and it's much easier than saying, well, today I'm going to write about, I don't know, and the curse is flicking. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I guess it doesn't have to be war and peace either, does it? Because we're seeing now, we're seeing a couple of things with, with advice firms we work with in terms of the content. Those big reports, they're very much trying to condense those down and use more imagery in them or infographics or to make them a bit more interesting to look at. Even things like client agreements and how we yeah. work with you, they're starting to jazz those up and make them easier to read for people. And also we see a lot more people using their... Uh, um, mobile phone and just recording a quick video it doesn't you know it doesn't have to be uh, production produced by you know professionals does it we've all got decent camera phones that have got you know we can record a quick video about something that's topical or some thoughts that we want to get out there and that's a really easy way especially on social media to deliver that content isn't it yeah, absolutely. And I was looking at the concentration span of a human being the other day, yeah. um, randomly. Um, and previously in 2020, so, so year 2000, it was about 12 seconds. Now it's gone down to eight seconds. And the attention span of a fish, everyone says it's three seconds. It's actually nine <laughs> seconds based on research. So we've so got we less attention Lower span attention span than, than a goldfish. <laughs> so doing a really short, like, video is going to capture attention. Yeah. You can write 300 words. Like, the smallest amount you can put on a blog for it to render in search is 300 words. But you can be putting those out there with infographics, and you're still going to get that level of engagement um, that you're looking for because it's regular, it's informative it's exactly what your clients and prospects want to read and that, so, that short yeah. sharp content's really easy to do with something like financial well-being tips isn't it and you know you can see that that yeah. would work really well you know weekly tip or whatever um, could be very easy to get out there very quickly for your clients yeah absolutely brilliant so um, are there any resources or tools that you can recommend that people can use to help with this stuff to automate some of it and to, to help get their content out there yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of them is um, if you're creating a whole load of content but no one can find it, then you've got an issue. So one of the first things I recommend is if you've got a, um, a WordPress website, make sure that you've got an SEO plugin so that you can put your keywords and your meta elements and all of that, like your descriptions in there so that then you can be found when people search for you on Google. Mm -hmm. um, so that's probably my first first one um use a spreadsheet or a um, google doc in order to keep track of all of your content and what you're going to be putting out in it that keep people accountable if you've got other people in your business that are working on it with you mailchimp um, which everyone is familiar with and other tools like campaign monitor they have a pre-scheduling system so you can actually go in and create the pathways that once someone reads one piece of content the next piece they go into the funnel and the next piece of content can be delivered 
Um, so if, you're, if you've got, say, a handy guide download, as soon as someone downloads that, it triggers an event that then you can then start sending them additional content that's relevant to them based on what they've downloaded. So those are really easy to use. They used to be very expensive, like Infusionsoft, which is um, quite a popular one. But now as MailChimp is doing this as well, so you can, you can use that. Um, the other one is everyone thinks that design is really, really difficult because we had um, some very sophisticated design softwares that only designers that had, you know, these massive um, design brains and spent years learning it um, could use. Now there's Canva. I don't know if you've heard of Canva. I have. I've not used it, but I have. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've even got an editorial calendar in there. So you can create lovely um, graphics. Maybe it's like finance tip number one, you know, or, you know, get your finances in order tip number one. Um, you can create those in there. So they're beautifully designed and then put them into a calendar and it pushes it out to your social media for you um, without brilliant. having to do anything. And that's exactly. great for your kind of smaller boutique firms that might not necessarily have dedicated marketing and, and um, digital resource to, to help them. It is, it exactly. is possible to do it yourself and make it look beautiful. Yeah. And I think that it's only like a tenner a month um, yeah. to sign up. So it's, it's really reasonably priced. And then you don't have to have those designer fees and all of that and go through, you know, all of those different, um, you know, iterations and things, because you can just do it in the moment, publish it and push it out whenever um, the time is right. So that's quite brilliant. Good. And the scheduling tools in MailChimp, you mentioned the one where it, it kind of walks you down a path of content once you do something, which is brilliant. We, we use MailChimp here as well. And I know we schedule a lot of our content. So it's quite nice because it's kind of a job you do. You well I don't do it Ollie and um, Martha do it they're brilliant at it I don't know exactly how it works but I know that it then just automatically it happens so you you're not having to keep on top of it all the time it will just roll out as and when as and when you schedule it for which is good exactly and that's why I think because I find that I, I'm very good at doing um, work in batches, so having a dedicated day where I'm doing all of my content, and then I schedule it, and I know that I've got it going out for the next month, and then yeah. I sit down and do it again, and I think that that's, if you do it in a focused way, you achieve greater results, because otherwise you get distracted by things, and you don't end up finishing that article that you were thinking about getting to today because you got busy, but if you block out one day, you can get so much more done than you think you can. Yeah. And, and then you've you just, got the tools automated. to automate it. That's brilliant, isn't it? Yeah. You've, you haven't got to worry yeah. about it then for the next you know, 30 days and you can, you can diarize it on and then pick it up next month, which is, which is great. Brilliant. Yeah. Well, I think that was incredibly insightful and I, I'm sure our listeners will find that really useful, but I guess, you know, for me, the message to take away from this is, you know, prioritize it um, because you will see the results from it but focus on the content that your audience is going to want to be interested in and, and find out that. Ask people, ask your clients what, what they want to listen to um, or, or, or hear from you on. Um, and also, it doesn't, it's not difficult. Once you, if you just get a plan together and commit to it, it's not a difficult thing to achieve great results from. Exactly, exactly right. And if you're really nervous about writing content yourself, there are great freelance resources that you can tap in on Fiverr and places like that. So it doesn't need to be something that you're crippled over because you don't like writing. You can still set your plan and your strategy and get other people to help you implement it too. Fantastic. So everybody, get, let's start the movement then, Abby. The, exactly. the financial fitness movement starts here. Exactly. Everybody it listening, sure get, your, get in touch with Abby, get your content, uh, get your marketing <laughs> and your strategy right. And that we're going to change the world of financial services, I'm sure. Thank you so much for joining me today, Abby. It was really good to talk to you, really insightful. And um, hopefully we will chat again very soon. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on today. Brilliant. Thank you. 
Advisortech Unplugged podcast was brought to you by the team at MoneyInfo. For more information, please visit www.moneyinfo.com. Book a discovery call with us to learn how we can help you to deliver a better client experience with your own branded client portal and apps from Apple and Android.